The Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene married the mother of James and Salome. They bought spices, fragrant oils, so they might go and anoint Jesus' body. So very early on that first day of the week, just after the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been asking one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled back. Now that stone was very large. And entering the tomb, they found a young man standing there on the right side, dressed all in white, and they were very alarmed. But the man said to them, Do not be alarmed. Don't be afraid. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He's not here. Look at the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples, even Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So the women went and fled from the tomb because terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's be seated. Let me tell you a story about the time I met a young woman named Sarah. So we were in a class together. It was a small class. So the teacher invited us all to introduce ourselves to the group. And Sarah was, I think, the first one to go. And before she said anything, the teacher himself introduced her said something about the amazing things she had been doing. And her dad, who was an influential person, had written a book. There I was, rolling my eyes at what kind of princess was this in our class. Well, Don't tell Sarah I told you that story, okay? Sarah's my wife. But what I'm trying to get at is that something gets to everyone about Jesus. Something gets to everyone. Something that Jesus did or said or was was too far for everyone in this Gospel of Mark. As these women are walking along wondering who is going to roll the stone away for us, they're wondering who's going to do this because they are the only ones left. All of the crowds wanted him dead. All of his disciples utterly abandoned him. His lead disciple 
denied ever knowing him. Judas, another disciple, betrayed him, wanted him dead too. And here are these women, the only ones left. And I wonder if they're going through their minds and thinking about what it was that could have driven people away from Jesus. What got to them? Was it something that Jesus said or did? Like, invite people to change their lives because the reign and the power and the love of God was near? Was it the fact that Jesus forgave the sins of the wrong people? Maybe it was who Jesus claimed to be. Not only a teacher, someone with wisdom, someone to emulate, but God. Someone to worship. Maybe it was who Jesus invited all of these followers to be. God's people. And that identity being based in something bigger than our families, our nations, than who thinks and looks and acts the same as we do. Something got to everyone. But it wasn't that. Maybe it was who Jesus' followers were. Sinners, all of them. Many of them, the screw-ups and the drags on society. But others, they were the wealthy. Maybe Jesus and his followers were too radical or not radical enough. Something got to everyone. Maybe it was Jesus' vulnerability, his love, the power and clarity that looked like weakness to everyone. The fact that Jesus was willing to die, but not willing to kill. Could have just been the trauma, humiliation of his death. It was too gruesome, maybe. Hit too close to home. Something got to everyone. Something drove everyone away except for those women. Except until that moment, they walked into the tomb and then something got to them too. Something about Jesus' empty tomb sent them away in terror. Something about this invitation, this promise supposedly from Jesus himself to begin again. That was too far. So this uh, young woman named Sarah is my wife. I had all these crazy ideas about her and who she was. But over time, as I saw who she was, I recognized that there was a chip on my own shoulder and not on hers. There was grace and kindness there, 
that I hadn't noticed that first time we met. So it's experiences like those that make me wonder about this moment with these women, this empty tomb. Maybe it was that Jesus didn't need anyone to follow him all the way to the end. Maybe that's not why Jesus came. Maybe Jesus' life and death and resurrection wasn't a test to see who, who's got what it takes. Maybe it wasn't a demand. Do this or else. Believe or else. But it wasn't anything else but a gift. Grace. Maybe what was so terrifying was that, that that was all there was. The gift, the grace, the forgiveness, the promise that Jesus was alive, and this simple invitation to them, to everyone in Mark's gospel, to you and to me, to begin again, to start over. I told you not to tell Sarah that story, but I told her that story after we got married, of course. Didn't want to screw anything up. Because the truth is, something gets through to everyone. Something gets to everyone about who Jesus is. Something of the, the power of God pulls on the heartstrings of everyone in our own unique ways. Maybe it was something Jesus said or did, like invite us to change our lives because the power and the love and the reign of God are here. Maybe it was how Jesus kept forgiving all the wrong people. Maybe what gets to us about this Jesus is who he claimed to be. We don't need another role model, maybe. Another teacher, some more ideas or wisdom, the Savior, a God, our Creator, who loves. Maybe it's who Jesus invites us to be together, God's people. No one else's but God's people, defined in that relationship by something more than our families our nations, or who it is who looks and acts and thinks just like us. Maybe what gets to you about this Jesus is who his followers are. A whole bunch of sinners who've become new in his presence. All of the divisions of human society that don't seem to matter. Maybe it's Jesus' vulnerability and love. The power and clarity that's upside down somehow, hidden in the cross and his death. Jesus was willing to die, but not to kill. 
Maybe actually it is that trauma, that humiliation of the cross. Someone knows what it's like when life is at its worst. When life is at its end, there's a new beginning. There's hope. There's healing. Maybe it's what, was, what got through to those women at the very end. There's something about this empty tomb. Something about this invitation to keep going when we thought it was over. Something gets to everyone about Jesus. That's why Jesus invited those women to go and tell whatever it is that got through to them. Go and tell. Go and tell the good news that in the end all that remains, none of the mistakes or the violence done to Jesus, none of the sins, none of the human divisions, None of the shames, none of the humiliations, all that remains is the grace and the gift and the forgiveness, the promise that Jesus is alive, that we get to see Jesus again, be with Jesus. We get to begin again. We get to start over. That's as true today as it will be tomorrow and the next day and next Sunday and that last day when we draw our last breath. The gift, the grace, the forgiveness, the promise of life and the invitation begin again. Thanks be to God.